Michelle Hall from Boomer Bedtime Stories, and I'm going to let you in on a secret, and I need you to not spill the beans, okay? A few days ago, I asked my husband Tom what living celebrity would he like to have a chance to chat with, and almost immediately came back with Sir Anthony Hopkins. So, being the loving wife that I am, I set about making his wish come true and actually managed to get an interview with the man himself. But of course, I'm keeping it a secret. Tom doesn't know anything about this and we're just about to go live. So, stay tuned. Let's see how he handles it. When I play him back the interview, I managed to finagle with Sir Anthony Hopkins. Okay, shh, here we go. really good joke played on you? Or was there a time that you were the prankster? In honor of April Fool's Day, I went out in search of some good stories that might not have happened on the 1st of April, but are still great examples of those unexpected, sometimes twisted pranks that April Fool's is all about. To help me on my search, I've called in my trusted host buddy, Tom Tompkins, also widely known as Tommy Transit, who is also none other than my darling husband. Hi there, Tom. Welcome again to Boomer Bedtime Stories. Well, it's great to be back. (laughs) It's really fun to have you on the show again. Last time you were on the show, it was just before Christmas. Now it's April Fool's Day. Looks like you've become my special holiday host. How could we, who love each other so deeply, miss Valentine's Day? Well, that's true. I can't remember what we did for Valentine's. I'll have to look back. Probably something to do with Groundhog Day. (laughs) As you know, I'm always curious. I hate not knowing something. So if I don't know it, I'm going to go and look it up right away. So when I was preparing for this show, I had to go and find out how the 1st of April became associated with pranks. I mean, this has been going on a long time. You probably did pranks at school when you were young. Oh, it's possible. I could be accused of that. (laughs) I remember you weren't allowed to do April Fool's jokes afternoon. I think that was a teacher That's thing. correct. I remember that. Yeah. I think that uh, the teachers didn't want us to go on all day long. <laughs> <laughs> when I went and looked it up, I found out that the origins of April Fool's dates back to, way back to 1582. And that's the year that France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, which is the one we use. In the Julian calendar, the new year begins in spring. We noticed that when we were in Bali. That's when they had the spring festivals. Nyepi. Nyepi. Well, that was part of it, yes. In around the spring equinox, which is in and around the 1st of April. So that makes sort of sense. But when they switched to the new calendar, which is the one we have now, of course, it's not new to us anymore, New Year's starts on January the 1st. But those people who forgot that it was the new year on January the 1st became the butt of jokes and hoaxes when they started celebrating New Year on April 1st and they became known as April Fools. And a common prank that's still being done in France is that you place a paper fish on someone's back so that they're called a poisson d'avril or April fish. In other words, someone who is young, easily caught, or gullible. My favorite prank is one that BBC pulled off. It was in 1957, and a news item was broadcast announcing that it was a bumper year for spaghetti harvesting. The footage showed a family in southern Switzerland gathering spaghetti off bushes. At the time, pasta was an exotic food in Britain. 
1950s. Hundreds of viewers wrote into BBC to ask how they could grow their own spaghetti trees. The response from BBC was just as funny as they responded that people should place a sprig of spaghetti in a tin of tomato sauce and hope for the best. I think we should try that. A little bit of spaghetti. (laughs) Well, yeah, I even remember when I was a kid, it was exotic to eat anything uh, Italian. That's right. Spaghetti and meatballs. We never clue where it came from. (laughs) And here's a great story I'd never heard of before. This took place in 1959 in Brazil. The city was a mess. There were overflowing sewers and inflated prices. And a group of students decided to submit a popular local figure in their town as a candidate for city council. The only thing is the candidate lived in the city zoo and was a rhinoceros named Cacareco. I love that, Cacareco, which apparently is Portuguese for rubbish. Sounds like caca to me. (laughs) The students urged everyone to vote for the rhino just to make a point. And unbelievably, Cacareco won the city council seat with a whopping 100,000 votes. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. I mean, who could run up against a rhino? Of course... Kakareko didn't end up serving on the city council. Well, um, apparently she couldn't fit in the seat, so the election board disqualified her. But she still remains one of the most famous protest votes in Brazil to this day. Incredible stuff. Here's another funny one. The Brits really have a way with public pranks. In 1989, residents outside of London spotted a flying saucer that appeared to land in a field nearby in Surrey. Police officers, of course, were sent off to investigate. Assuming it was a crank call, they were surprised when they actually found a saucer in the field. As they approached it, a door opened and a silver-clad figure walked out. The cops fled in terror. (laughs) Little did they know, it was Richard Branson, billionaire founder of Virgin Airlines. What a sense of humor he's got. He was in the saucer with a buddy. Now, the two of them had taken off in their flying saucer, which was actually a hot air balloon, and they planned to land in Hyde Park on April Fool's Day as a prank. However, changing winds, we're talking about Britain here, forced them to land a little earlier in Surrey. Hey, Tom, I know that April 1st has a special nostalgic meaning for you. Would you tell the listeners what that's all about? For those of you who don't know, I spent 21 years behind the wheel of a transit bus in the city of Vancouver. And I noticed in the depot, by the way, there was, gosh, I think there was 2,000 drivers out of my depot. It was the biggest depot in Vancouver. And oftentimes they would retire. And what really shocked me was that shortly after retirement, within three to five years, I would see a notice on the wall inviting us to their celebration of life. And I'm going, what the hell? Harold only retired like six months ago. What the hell happened? It was absolutely shocking to me. And I did some research, found out that 38%, this is unbelievable, 38% of men that spent 20 to 30 years in a corporation or a company and then retired were inviting people to their celebration of life, or at least their kin were, inviting people to their celebration of life within three to five years of retiring. That scared the hell out of me. So my mantra became, you got to have a plan, you got to have a plan, you got to have a plan. So part of my plan was, I mean, I come home with stories all the time about funny things that happened on the bus. And Michelle, who happened to live in the same house, kept saying, you've got to write a book. Well, she was already an author, so I didn't know anything about writing books. 
but it kind of brewed in me for a long, long time. And we put together a book called Bus Tales, How to Change the World from Nine to Five. I have a little summer gig on the island of Galliano, and, and it was absolutely fantastic. And it started in May, so I wanted to retire in April and give myself a few weeks off before I started the summer on the island. So I chose April Fool's Day. What a surprise. Remember that fool that works here? Yeah, he's gone now. I think we called it, you know, come and celebrate a bit of tomfoolery. That's exactly right. (laughs) And uh, Michelle made up these amazing Western posters saying, wanted people to celebrate with this guy. The launch was actually on April Fool's Day. That was my retirement party and the book launch. I had some of the people that I had met on the bus come and do a little talk. One was an amazing violinist, and she came and played. It was absolutely a remarkable day. I'll never, ever forget it. So April Fool's Day has a, a really nice annual retirement thought for me. And if anybody wants to pick up Tom's book, you can find a link on our website, www.boomerbedtimestoryradio.com, or you can head to Tom's website, www.tommytransit.com. So let's turn the tables here, Michelle. Can you tell us a story that you have, a personal story, that you'd like to tell of a prank? Well, I would, but before we get to that, so I just want you to remember, um, a little while ago, I asked you, Tom, if there was anybody special that you would like to have an opportunity to meet. On that note, I just want to play a little something for you. Hello, Sir Anthony. It's absolutely wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being willing to take my call and answer some questions for me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Now, unbeknownst to my husband, I sent you a copy of Tom's book, Bus Tales, How to Change the World from Nine to Five. Actually, I sent it to your publicist prior to this interview. What did you think of it? I read it and I thought, oh, it's one of those that comes up once in a, once in a while, and uh, it was um, one of those things that really grab you, condensed and contained and upsetting in its, in its strange way. Upsetting? In what way do you mean upsetting? I mean, it was meant to be an inspiring book. It has a tremendously powerful effect on me because moving finger rights and having Rick moves on. Now, people would say that's nuts. What in particular, what message did you get from that book? It gave me a sense of, God almighty, how lucky I am. I mean, I'm very fortunate. But I look at the God almighty, that's, that's compassion, that's love, that's something so powerful. What was the message that you got from it? It's a message, just enjoy it. Just, just live life today, that's all. Just live it today. Tom talks a lot about what he calls the art of acknowledgement. Does that message speak to you personally? Yes, indeed. Indeed. I just happened to pick up on something that the other day, two days ago. My wife and I, we, we are drawn to that. We see it. We spot it in people. We try the best we can, you know, to, to help and uh, gather people around because we never know what, what pain people are in. We never know. Um, the people suffer terrible loneliness. And uh, so, you know, I try to cheer people up and uh, let's try try to be as cheerful as we can. 
Now, I've just heard back from an agent in Los Angeles, and they said they approached you about the idea of turning Tom's book into a film. So I met them for breakfast and, uh, over here in Los Angeles. So I thought, oh, I hope I don't lose it because they wanted to go earlier, but they waited for me. And I heard that they asked you to play the role of Tommy Transit in the film version of Bus Tales. Well, it's a surprise. Do you feel you're too old to play the part? I'm 82. I'm going to be 83 at the end of this year. I'm very pleased that he did want me to do it. No, it was, it was quite, quite, quite extraordinary. Sir Anthony, you've played some pretty extraordinary characters in your life. Hannibal Lecter, King Lear, Richard Nixon, Pablo Picasso, Pope Benedict. Do you feel that you'll be able to play the role of a bus driver? This is the extraordinary thing, and for me, it's the most meaningful thing of my life now. In what way do you feel that you are similar or different let's say, from the personality of Tommy Transit? I think I'm a bit, I, actually, I, I'm, I've got, I'm an absent-minded professor. I forget things, and I get obsessed with stupid details. And, uh, but I'm not quirky. When you play a role, do you really get into it? And is it hard to drop it at the end of the day? You know, would you have a problem dropping the persona of being Tommy Transit, the bus driver, if you did the movie? Oh, yeah, that's easy to do. You, you, I can do that, yes. Because our brain believes anything we tell it. Because it did have an effect on me, but at, at an unconscious level. So I had to wake up and think, okay, stop it, stop it. Come on, come on, let's get back to normal. Um, and I think it's a healthier, well, that's my choice of a healthier method of working because I, I can't, you know, swallow and digest all that intensity and become, you know, it, it, uh, it's no big sweat. Some, some people want to make a big deal of it. I can't. I've, I've got a life of my own. And one last question I'm dying to ask you, Sir Anthony. What do you think will have been the best role in your life? I think this one. The one of playing a bus driver? Why do you think that? Is there something special about the person of Tommy Transit? He gave me such encouragement, you know. I couldn't believe it. It's quite extraordinary because he was such control and such uh, yeah, humility about it all. Well, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful chatting with you today, Sir Anthony. I wish you the best in your new role of Tommy Transit, bus driver in a mission. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Hopkins, oh my God. Unbelievable. What an honor to even think that this is possible. Well, first of all, I, I kind of recognized his voice, and then I was like, no, it couldn't possibly be. You know, and it's so well put together with your, your questions and his responses. <laughs> and I know the other day you asked if, if there was anybody I could meet, living or dead, who would it be? No, just living. I didn't... I, oh, no, sorry. I, I, I know I can do a lot of things on my podcast, but I have trouble actually phoning up and talking to dead people. <laughs> Just, just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> That's beyond Michelle's, my reach. Michelle's pretty remarkable. I wouldn't put it past her, I'll tell you that. She'd be digging through the <laughs> records of CBC and BBC <laughs> and everywhere else. But yeah, to have Anthony Hopkins even even have an interview with you like that and, and the questions that you asked and the answers that he had were so, I mean, it's just so real. It's, it's incredible. Talk about, is it April Fool's coming up? <laughs> April Fool's, Tommy! Unbelievable. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins playing Tommy Transit. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Wouldn't that be funny? I'd be, I'd be lined up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you couldn't get Anthony Hopkins to play you, who would you like to get to play you? Well, oh, God, I'm, I'm so baffle-gabbed right now. I can't even think straight. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, for certain, we got the same hairdresser. Did you think that was for real? <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, you are so talented. <laughs> I Thank you, dear. Wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you. Apparently, he lives in L.A., not that far away oh my from where God. we're going to be in a week or so. Unbelievable. Yeah, how you pulled that off and got through the security <laughs> windows is beyond me. But yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> well, I just hope that uh, Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins takes pity on me. I'm just a small podcaster. Please don't sue me. <laughs> oh. All in fun. I didn't make him look bad. Well I done. don't think so. You know, and if that doesn't give you an idea of Michelle's editing skills, I have no idea what will. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> thank you, Sir Anthony, and thank you, Michelle. <laughs> You're listening to Boomer Bedtime Stories. Getting back to our script, Michelle, we have some ideas that we, if you'd like to play a few harmless pranks on someone today, here's a thought. Try this on your grandkids. Become known as a bit of an old wise geezer. What you do is carefully remove the cream from the Oreo cookies and replace it with toothpaste. Ooh. White toothpaste. Of course. <laughs> God, that reminds me. You remember the days when they had different stripes on toothpaste? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. No, so you just use yeah, the white toothpaste. <laughs> and here's a great one to do to anyone who's a car nut. What you do is duct tape a harmonica underneath the front bumper of their car. When they pick up speed, guess this, they'll hear a whistling sound. It'll drive them absolutely crazy. Maybe even crazy enough to pull over and have a mechanic check out their car. Oh my God, that's that funny. drive me nuts. I hope you ever do that to my bus. <laughs> and I love this one. I'm sure I'd fall for it for sure in this day of fancy electronic gadgets. Bring over a toaster or a coffee pot to a friend or one of your grown children. They'll be happy. And tell them it's voice activated. No. And hang around and <laughs> watch them start shouting orders at the new kitchen appliance. Oh, my God. I could see you doing that, too. Hello? Google, please? Hello? <laughs> I want, it'll be damn brown when it comes out of the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom, not only for being a wonderfully supportive husband in everything that I do, but as you have shown today, thank you for being such a great sport as well. Thanks, Michelle. It was fun. I enjoyed it. To listen to the original Sir Anthony Hopkins interview, there's a link on the show notes of the April Fool's Day episode on our website at boomerbedtimestoryradio.com. And apologies to Sir Anthony. We mean no harm. We love you dearly. If you've got a Boomer story to share, we're always open for great Boomer stories. Please send us an email at stories at boomerbedtimestoryradio.com. Music on today's show by Jeff Harvey from pixabay.com. Sound effects from freesound.org. I'm Michelle Hall, your host, producer, editor, and April Fool's prankster. And I'm Tommy Transit. From time to time, co-host. Have fun and a very safe and happy fun. April Fool's Day. 
thought we were doing that line together. Well, I thought we were going to do it eventually. No. <laughs> we do the same line twice. Okay, let's do it together. One, two, three. Till next, next time, keep on sharing your stories. Because that's the way you keep the memories alive.